Hey, welcome back. DevOps Speakeasy, Dev Nexus. My dear friend, yeah. my co-host uh, of the Groovy Podcast. Right. Or I was his co-host <laughs> of the Groovy Podcast. <laughs> and uh, generally, one of my favorite people, ah. Ken Cousin. Well, thank you very much. That's very kind of you. Uh, long time no see. Long time no see. Yeah, ever since your company went public and you kind of vanished. <laughs> there is another explanation <laughs> called COVID and stuff, but who counts, right? Well, that may have been a factor, yes. Uh, yes. Just a little bit. But it's yeah. good to see you, sir. It's so good to see you. So good to see you. How have you been? Uh, good. Uh, things are very busy. I spend my time still mostly teaching technical training classes. I do a lot of that online through O'Reilly and, and No Fluff Just Stuff. Uh, both on the conference tour and their virtual They're workshops. They're back. Yeah. The conference tour Well, back. they just started up again live uh, this month. Perfect. So, yeah, I was in St. Louis and Dallas was last week, and I think we're doing rest in Virginia in a couple weeks. And the whole series is supposedly going to be going to happen. So, no flood just stuff for those of you who are not familiar with mm. is a series of um, tiny, not tiny. A, a how should I call it? Like well, intimate well, conferences. Yes, I mean, there are a couple hundred people or fewer, less, fewer, I think. Uh, at any rate, the idea of the no fluff part means there's no vendors, there's no marketing, there's no, it's all 90-minute talks, all technical topics. And they are local, so they come to you. Right, right. right. And that's, that's important now because one of the things that we see now on being like getting back with in-person conferences mm. is that although people want the online the the, the person uh, the face-to-face -face back mm -hmm. traveling is still challenging well right? and we're also hybrid at this point because uh, we're simultaneously talking to people over zoom during the talk as well so you can attend live or you could attend via zoom and but even when you're live well. you don't need like to go far right it's right they're, it's they're local that's the and goal. you have how many locations uh, about a dozen, although we also have the destination events like UberConf in Denver and right. Rich Web Experience down in Florida. Right. So those are like the, the, the flagship, yeah. like right. the, the larger ones. Like that yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I've been a fan of what <laughs> um, Jay is doing and organizing because I think, first of all, it's very well run mm -hmm. and it's also very professional in terms of really no fluff, right? Yeah. It's, it's uh, so yeah, big fan. Jay, invite me to speak at their conferences, please. Oh, you want him to? I want yeah. him to. Well, I'll put in a good word, but you know. Yeah, no, but you Jay? need to be you need to be honest with him, so you cannot well, really. We always say reverse engineering Jay's thought processes is kind of hopeless. So yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Great. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, you've been writing like a lot. I'm afraid so. Yeah, I I was planning to take a break, uh, really was, and I my last book was called Help Your Boss Help You. It's really about how to manage your manager to get what you want out of your job and your career. In fact, my talk tomorrow here is about that. Uh, I wanted to call the book Managing Your Manager, but unfortunately, it turned out I'm not quite as clever as I thought. Uh, other people had used that title in the past. Yeah, yeah. So we had I to come up imagine. with something else, and I'm not as happy about the title, but you know, it's funny how I can watch people. Uh, and I mentioned the new title, and they're all like kind of disappointed. And then they talk themselves into it over about two to three minutes. And by the end of it, they're like, oh, "Okay, that's all right," you know. Yeah, no, they, <laughs> it's, uh, those are clever, clever names. It just takes you a little bit to. It, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, but at any rate, my plan was to finish that and then take a break, and that was for pragmatic programmers. And then what happened was, 
is that they had a celebration of the, what do they call it, Novel Writers Month. The idea is that you, you write an entire novel in a month, and they were not going to do that. They were going to say, get started on a technical book. Right. And the Prags, Pragmatic Programmers, have a special series called Pragmatic Answers, where okay. the books are only supposed to be 50 to 60 pages, okay. and they're only e-books. They're not ever printed or whatever. Uh -huh. So they're cheap. They're like $10 or something like that. And I had been thinking about the Makito framework for a long time. Mm -hmm. I, I do a lot of work with Makito, and I keep running into students who just don't get it. They don't understand what it's for. Right. And you could tell by the questions they ask, you know, can I mock this, can I mock that? And you're like, why do you want to do that? They weren't really getting it. So the problem, again, is that the documentation for Makito is very good at telling you what to do, how to get Makito to do exactly, what you want, right. but not good at explaining why it, there is a tool. And when like you that. need to use it. Right. So I figured, well, I've got a break, like in November, December, you know, mm -hmm. in, in time, and I thought, I'll just crank out the book. And six months later, <laughs> you know, I'm still working on it. It's out to readers right now, but uh, hopefully that will come back at the end of this week, and then it'll take me a week or two to clean it all up. And this book should be out uh, hopefully by the end of May. You know? All right, I so mean? let's let's take a program uh, pragmatic approach. Ah. You said 40 to 50 to 60 pages. Yes. Let's see if you can do it in three sentences. Okay. When and when will be the right? What will be the right use cases for using a mocking well, framework? Here, here's the story I give it. Okay. If you get in your car, you don't necessarily know how your car works. You don't right. know all the details of the engine, the transmission, the system, fuel You'll system, have interfaces. Whatever. You get in and you drive. Right. That's a full functional test. Now you right. know it's working. Right. If something goes wrong, you take it to a mechanic, and then the mechanic progressively isolates each system to figure out where the problem lies. Right. What Makito is for is to help you isolate each individual system. You're not, I mean, I'm taking the opposite approach. They talk about, oh, write unit tests and then integration tests and then functional tests. No, 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 you start with a functional test. You start, you drive the car. Right. If the car works, you're happy. It's only when things break down and you need to isolate the problems into specific areas that you need a tool that allows you to say, okay, I know the problem is just in here, not in there. So that the dependencies are mocked or stubbed, however you want to say it, mm -hmm. and you don't want issues with those dependencies to affect the test of this component. That's what Makito's for. So uh, earlier today we spoke with Oleg from yeah. Test Containers. Right, I just went to his talk actually. Right, and I, uh, tell me how those two concepts, the test containers yeah. that actually mock dependencies for you, kind of? Uh, they're actually, test containers is much closer to a true integration test right. because they're not really mocking anything. They are they're introducing a the container right with the actual system, or right. at least, okay, there may be some mocking involved because it may not be in your production environment, but instead of introducing a mock database, you use a real Postgres database or a MySQL exactly. database or what have you, just running in a Docker container. So I so think that's wonderful. So you know where I take it, where well, I take it, right? So if you have the real thing, yeah. why would I want to mock? Well, you wouldn't if it works. That's the thing. If, if you run a test like that, that's as close as you can get to a full functional test of your production environment. And if everything runs successfully, 
you have a lot of confidence that the system will work in production. Right. It's only when things fail, when it breaks down, and when you can't get it to work right, then you start wondering, am I doing something wrong with Docker? Is it, am I using test containers incorrectly? Is my database set up wrong? Did I, should, did I put in Kafka right? Did I set the ports? See, now you gotta start isolating <laughs> and get things down to a specific area. Now the other benefit of a tool like Nikito is it's, it's quite mature. I mean, it's, it's been around a while. So the APIs are stable and understandable and there are plenty of samples out there to help you learn what to do and how to do it. Now I'm not trying to write an exhaustive book, there are already recipe books and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's not like Makito has undergone any major changes that are triggering this. I'm just more after the basic concepts. Why do you care? When do you want to use this? How's it going to help you? And then here's the rest of the So that will be like your first book when yeah. you try to wrap your, your head around what are mocks and where do you start? Exactly. And what's the difference between a mock and a stub and all these right. sorts of issues? Should I, I guess I should answer that, shouldn't I? What is the difference between the mock well, and stubs? Well, I mean, it, it all goes back to Martin Fowler and his big, big blog posts on mocks aren't stubs. Exactly. But the basic idea is a stub is a fake object that gives you known outputs for known inputs. When you call the methods, you get this, period. A mock also verifies what they call the protocol, the interaction between the class you're testing and the dependency. Were the methods called the right number of times in the right order? Because that's hard to do yourself. I mean, anybody can make their own class yeah their own stub right that returns whatever which is yeah. not even a bad idea i mean if that's yeah. a simple way to do it then do it yeah. the problem is is then you have to maintain it <laughs> and course. then the requirements for the stubs change depending on whether the test what you want to do because you want to test error conditions and edge conditions and failures so makito will generate all that for you mm -hmm. and incidentally the class is the same whether it's a mock or a stub the only difference is how you use it if you, if you verify the protocol, it's a mock. If you just use it to get answers, you get the right outputs for inputs, it's a stub, and so that's the difference. So you can use mock as a stub, but yeah. not the other way around. Which is why people wind up using the term interchangeably all the time, because they really are. It's only in the test whether you call verify or not, really, <laughs> as to whether it's a mock or a stub. So these are the sorts of concepts that people just miss. Of you know, course. Because the, the documentation is not a tutorial on testing. It's documentation on how to make Makito do what you want it to do. How do you set expectations? How do you verify them? It's not what's the role of mocks and stubs in the overall testing environment. Right. That's where I'm trying to provide a short, sweet, simple intro, which was supposed to be finished months ago. Well, that sounds, but, you know. I know I know <laughs> how it works. We are now trying to finish the uh, DevOps tools for Java developers book. Ah, uh, okay. It's, it's done. Like, should be should be very, very soon. We're like in the last uh, quality control stages, but uh, it took it took forever. My first encounter with that issue, when I was working on my thesis in grad school, if you talk to any PhD student and say, how long do you have to go? When all they have left is their thesis, there'll be a stage where they'll say, oh, about a year. And, and that stage will last, well, that stage yeah. lasts six months to a year, basically. Right, right. Because every time you think you get closer, it gets further out. And in every writing project I've ever been a part of, big writing project, writing a book or something like that, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, and then you're, you don't realize how many things have to happen before you actually get there. And it just keeps moving further and further out. Right, right. You right. Know? Yeah. So I, I've learned 
in my head, that's a normal part of the process. In my heart, I'm like, oh, come on. It's you know, still like, I yeah, should be yeah. good at this by now. I know what I'm doing. How many, how many books did you write? Oh, well, this will be number six, actually. So That's a lot of work. They, they are starting to add up. I, I'm starting to think it's a sickness, frankly. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> know what? I have huge respect for people who can write. Well, that's I, partly I why I write the newsletter every week. It's uh, yeah. my Tales from the Jar side. It's just get the writing stuff out of my system. This is great. But I, I want to take a break after the next one. I mean, really. Good luck to you yeah. trying to do that. <laughs> but if you're good at that and it gives you joy, yeah. why would you take a break? Just keep doing it. You're doing a great job. Because there are bigger projects than I think they are every single time. Every time. This was every supposed time. to be the quick and easy one, except that the, the Help Your Boss Help You one was supposed to be quicker and easier because I've given that talk so many times. The whole thing changed as I actually wrote it. It was like, oh my goodness, all this extra work. Yeah, so th this book, the um, DevOps Tools for Java Developers, have a ah. couple of chapters that are really my talks. Ah, yeah, right. And I was supposed like, I know this shit. Yeah, I mean, right. How hard can it be? Yeah, just write it down, right? And yeah, it turns out that. that what you put on paper <laughs> uh -huh. is so different from what you speak about. And then you're really giving it in-depth thought in, in ways because that it has you to thought be you thought about it already, but more, you know, Absolutely. suddenly you're, you've got all these underlying issues. You really got to think through. And I know. It's it like ends up completely different, and it's so much more But on so the other hand, it's like emptying the, the ocean with a, with a spoon, you know? Exactly. It's like you, after a few months, you look out, and it's just a pond, you know, or a lake, and then it gets smaller, and eventually it's, a, it's good enough, and you just go, yeah, all right, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And good is better than perfect is right, a motto right. for life. Yeah, what is it? Perfection is the enemy of the... Yeah, we have yeah, some friends that insist of, of stuff doing perfect, and then <laughs> nothing works. But um, at yeah. least the tests will pass. I'll tell you that much. All the tests are gonna pass. Not really, but okay. <laughs> Victor will love you. Ken, thank you very much. Oh, hey, good it to see you, was sir. Awesome. And you're always welcome, by the way, on the group. I yeah yeah yeah. I need to come back. If we again, it's all scheduling. It's all scheduling. But uh, you know, the easiest way to deal with Sergey complaining about the frequency of the podcast is trying to, to make get him, him involved. One. Yeah, right. Okay, okay, you're so smart. Let's see you. Yeah, let's see you then. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. All set? Oh, thank yep. you so much.